Hello, and welcome to They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the official Broadmoor Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. This week, we present the sermon titled, The Problem of Rebuilding, preached by Dr. Ezell. Thanks for listening. Will you pray with me, please? God, now open our minds and our hearts. May the words we hear, spoken and whispered in us, speak to a need that we have that you might call us having convicted us and corrected us in Christ we pray amen it was the dedication service of a beautiful building at the University of Oklahoma campus it had a tall tower great facilities, all kinds of marvelous things. At the dedication, a young man, the campus minister, was asked to bring a brief prayer. And this was his prayer. Lord, burn down this building and scatter these people for the sake of the gospel. Lord, burn down this building and scatter these people for the sake of the gospel. Can you believe someone would pray that? And yet Jesus said something very similar to this. And in the end, you know what it got him. The story of the cleansing of the temple is found in all four Gospels, which tells me it's a pretty important story. Matthew, Mark, and Luke place it near the end of the Gospel as though to say this was the last straw for the reverence. But John places it near the beginning, as if to say, you see, from the very beginning, Jesus was upsetting the reverends. He angered them all along the way. What did he say that made them so mad? It was about this time of year when he set out from Galilee to go up to Jerusalem. It was Passover for the Jewish people, they come from all over the country making the same pilgrimage they did every year to the temple. It was jam-packed, bustling with all kinds of activity as Jesus made his way in. He could hear the bleeding of the sheep mingled with the uneasy voices of the pilgrims, stern voices of the merchants. He could hear the cows mooing. He could smell the smells and folks you don't cram cows sheep birds and sweaty travelers into one building and not smell the pungent odors Jesus heard the ringing of coins being exchanged what in the world was going on here what happened this time every year the law the Bible required every family once a year to make 
a sacrifice to go to the temple to bring an unblemished animal. But it's difficult to make a long journey from the countryside without your animal becoming blemished. And so they could purchase an unblemished, acceptable animal, animals for the wealthy, birds for the poor, right there at the temple, which required there to be money changers because another part of the rule was that acceptable money did not have an image of a person on it. And so there were money changers, of course, there to help keep faithful to the Bible, the law. Jesus then grabbed some cords lying around, fashioned them into a crude whip, drove out the cows and the sheep, told the dove sellers to get those birds out as well. Now, nowhere does it say the merchants were dishonest. That's not the problem. The problem was that the focus was on the temple, on the building and its system rather than the spirit while they were there. It angered Jesus, which angered the reverends and the trustees, I, I guess. They say, what gives you the authority to stir up trouble in the temple? Show us a sign. And he did with his body. Destroy this temple, he said, and in three days, I'll raise it up. I went to a seminar once, led by Dr. Lloyd Allen, who was here for our anniversary of the Great Reformation. The title of that seminar was How Baptists Assess Hitler. I was intrigued and I was astonished to learn how many of our own people supported the monster he was. There were a few reasons though. The first reason was they supported his personal morality. When representatives of the Baptist World Alliance came back, some of the Baptists were impressed, pleased to know that Hitler did not smoke or drink. They said, quote, anyone who doesn't smoke or drink and who hates pornography and wants women to be modest can't be that bad. One Baptist minister said we shouldn't be too hasty to judge a leader that had put a stop to women smoking cigarettes and wearing red lipstick in public. He was a moral leader. Another reason some Baptists were okay with him was of his nationalistic zeal. He was a patriot, loved his country, and wanted it pure. And that resonated with many of the Baptists who themselves felt quite patriotic about their own country and race. And finally, many of them could support Hitler because they too hated the Jews. And many today who blame the Jews for Christ's death and somehow killing the killers trumps following Christ's message 
Where do we get those ideas? Many of them we get from this passage and passages like these. Destroy this temple, he says. But listen, he says, destroy it. He's giving them an order. It's in the imperative. Do this. As if to say, from the very beginning, I am in charge of what happens to my body. Nobody else, no human authority has any authority over my body. I give it. And I give it freely. No one else can be blamed. You hear the officials, though, they hear this and they back up and they look at this magnificent temple. It has taken 46 years to build this building. Now, John says, of course, that he's talking about his own body, not the temple building. But, you know, just like we do when we're asked, where's our church? We talk about the physical building and the physical address when we mean the people. Jesus, though, replaces the buildings made of wood and stone and stained glass with himself. He did it already. He'd just come from Cana where he turned water into wine. He took the water in the pots for religious purification and replaced it with the wine of the Messiah. The ultimate sign, though, that Jesus is the new temple, of course, is his death and resurrection. He puts it into the, to religion that seeks to meet God through rituals, and observances and customs and times and places. In fact, he says in chapter 4 that the time has come when we no longer worship God in the places we go and where we meet together. Instead, we worship God through the nature of God, which is spirit. Temple was where people went to meet God, and now Jesus is that temple. He himself is the house of God. Well, they're confused. They stand here admiring this beautiful building that built in 46 years. They labored on this building. It's marvelous structure so beautiful a witness to God it was to be a witness to God but it had been distorted as it had become an object of their worship an object of religious devotion and it had become an obstacle it had become their focus and so yes Lord burn down this building and scatter these people we can hear him Robert Kaiser talks about two adult men who went fishing in Canada. They stayed in a tiny little cabin in Canada, basically 
It had a couple of beds and a stove. Jim and George. Well, one night as they were preparing to, for bed, a storm arose. Lightning and thunder became intense. They began making jokes about the lightning. Well, who needs electricity when you've got all this lightning? The rain was pounding like rocks being thrown at the building. At first they were joking and then Jim grew strangely quiet. George kept joking and then asked, Jim, is everything okay? Ask him again. And finally, Jim said, I have to be honest with you, I'm scared. He said, okay. Jim said, I'm scared because when I was a child, the lightning struck our house and set it fire and nearly took my parents and my siblings. We can appreciate why the reverends would be scared about their temple being destroyed because it had been destroyed before while they were in exile. Foreign armies had desecrated it, demolished it. The temple, the sanctuary, the church is the place where parents and grandparents met where people were married and funerals took place there were stories about those on pilgrimage so many memories that took place at the temple children grew up relationships developed they became nostalgic and sentimental and now Many years later, they've invested in this temple, brought their offerings and their sacrifices into this building. And someone talks of destroying it again, destroying the memories. You hate, you hate to hear of institutions you grew up with, places where you shopped, places where you, you met, restaurants you ate at. You hate to hear of these places dying, being destroyed, becoming irrelevant. Preacher, so what? We don't meet in the temple. We come to church. But we need to hear this. Not just because all four Gospels have it for us, but because for one reason, we might sing and dance and celebrate the fact that their temple was destroyed while we get to meet in ours. We were on the right side, you see. But all we end up doing is replace one object of devotion with another. There's another reason I think John tells this story for us. I think I've shared this, but I repeat myself. My first job in the church, I was young in college. A church about an hour from school called me as their youth minister. Pastor taught me the word novice. I was green, 
And I was one because one Friday night, it was in the fall, it was during football season, I called for a fifth quarter. Many of you know what that is. It was a party at the church following the football game. We invited kids from all over that small town to come. And boy, did they. They began pouring in. At least a third of all the kids that came I'd never seen before. Kids who were churched and kids who were unchurched. They could have been doing anything else on that Friday night. They came to eat food, to play games, to eat food and play games. And eventually we settled down and had a devotional together. It was a really wonderful night. Youth ministry was growing. Next Sunday morning, pastor came into my office to talk about the fifth quarter. I could tell there was pain behind his words. He said, Leonard, the kids, when they were playing, they left scuff marks on the floor in the fellowship hall. The janitor's really upset. So let's not do this anymore. Well, I was a novice, but I thought the church was built to serve our ministry, not for us to serve the building. That's why we need to hear the story because churchgoers can commit the same errors as temple-goers. We have our sacred routines, our holy buildings, and our venerated institutions. I was scared once of throwing a trash can away. It was given to a Sunday school class by Sister Susan somebody back in the 1970s. We can slip into our own habits, replacing the old customs with our new ones and our new traditions and new temple sacred cows. Nothing wrong with these things. We need these. And I love the freedom and the energy I've seen lately from many of our folks, old and young, willing to try new things and think creatively, become more engaged personally all to focus on our true goal of ministry. But within our rituals and our routines, our traditions, lurks a potential evil. The love for the building can destroy a church. But the love for church should destroy the building. We often confuse what we're serving. It happens with temples and churches too. It's hard to believe this, but it happens. To try replacing an old church building, see who drops out, or tear down a wall. These are all from experience, by the way. Tear down a wall and see who stops giving Replace a minister, and someone's going to complain. Or don't replace the minister, and they'll complain. Or you change the order of worship. I was nearly crucified for that once. Let the youth paint the wall. 
Let them play a game in the fellowship hall. Change the, your room during Sunday school. Take the name Baptist off the church sign or remove a pet project from the budget. And you get it. You know now why they're angry. Just destroy this temple, he said. Destroy it. And see what happens. Destroy it and see what happens. In three days. In three days. And some will say proudly, it took us 46 years to build this. Must Christ be crucified again and again and again? I want to close with a prayer by Will Willemine. I may add a line of my own. And following the prayer, I'll invite you to come if you'd like. You can bring your prayer concerns. You can pray for your neighbor, for the lost. Come to join this family of believers. Or pray for our church. This is the prayer. Lord Jesus, come to our church this day. If our front door is locked, kick it open. If we are too cold and aloof, set us on fire. If our little group has become a clique, break us apart. If our preacher goes on too long, shut him up. If we talk about everything except what is important, force us to confront the truth. If we become so concerned about the mere survival of our church at the expense of the mission of our church, take it from us and tear it down. If we hunker down behind our sacred walls, push down the walls. Drive us out into a world where you are Lord of all. Amen. Thanks for tuning into They Didn't Teach Us That in Seminary, the Baltimore Baptist Church of Baton Rouge podcast. Please like, review, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you have any questions, please submit them through the Anchor app or join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. right in our own Broadmoor Baptist Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Otherwise, I hope you have a good week.